Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that today's message will challenge and inspire you to pursue Jesus and to love people to life. Now, let's get in the Word this morning, man. I'm, I'm excited about what God's doing here at Tower Hill. And you know, this is, this is our last uh, part of Erase. How many are glad that God, Jesus Christ, has erased your past? It's forgiven. It's under the blood of Jesus Christ. It's never to be brought up again. And our, our key verse that we've been looking at has been out of Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. It's one of my favorite verses. It says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Father, we thank you this morning that we have been made alive in Jesus Christ. Father, you have chosen us. You have called us, O oh Lord. Father, we belong to you. And Father, we thank you for that today. And Father, I just pray that you'd open our hearts as we go to get into the Word and allow the Word of God to speak into our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, the subtitle of this message today is called Jars of Clay. Because how many know we're all jars of clay sitting here this morning? Amen. And you know, God always loves to use crackpots. He really does. And, and there's a bunch of crackpots in here. I mean, we're, we, a, 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 a clay jar that's being used, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get beat up more down at times, right? So we, we, we are clay pots that he, he lives in and dwells in. So we're called, as, as we look at this, and we're going over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. If you want to go there in your Bibles, or it'll be up on the screen. Uh, it says, therefore, since God in his mercy has given us a new way, we never give up. So he says, given us a new way. So what is this new way of life that he's talking about? It's talking about no longer living by the law, but by living by faith in Jesus Christ. See, uh, Paul is writing to the Corinthians. And if you go back to chapter three, you can you can read it. But he's writing to the Corinthians, and as he's talking to them, he's talking about how the, the Jewish people, every time the law of Moses is read, there's a veil that covers their face, and they're not able to believe and not able to comprehend. And that, that was the old way. And matter of fact, he called the law, he called the, the law the law of condemnation because it could not pure, purify men from sin, but all it could do is reveal their sin and how sinful they really were and how much they really needed a Savior. And so that's part of where he goes. And then as he gets down to the latter part of uh, chapter, th uh, chapter 3 in 2 Corinthians, he says this. This is verse 16 and 17 and 18. It says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. The Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's liberty. But only through Jesus Christ can the veil be taken away. That's what happened with you and I. Somebody could argue with us, talk to us about God, and we would not, we would not listen. Because, you know what, we can't convert anybody. It's the Spirit of God that has to convert people. It's the Spirit of God that has to deal with their hearts. So when you share the truth and you share your testimony, it's through that that the, through Jesus reveals himself, and then Jesus can remove the veil. And then they can begin to walk in freedom. But look at what he says in verse 18. So all of us who have the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Amen. Aren't you glad of that this morning? See, we are changed more and more into the things like Christ. And so I'm glad my sins have been erased. Amen. I'm glad all my past has been erased. The veil has been lifted off. I can reflect the glory of God for who he is. Amen. But church, 
as we think about this this morning, let's go back. We're still, still talking about this whole idea right now of the, the first point as we're talking about is we are called, we are called to reveal truth. We are called to reveal truth. Now, look, we know what the new way of life is. Look at down at verse 2. So we reject all shameful deeds and under, under, underhanded methods. We don't tr- try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God, and all who are, who are honest know this. And look at what he says in verse uh, 3. If the good news is, uh, we preach is hidden, it's because a veil is hidden only the, from only the people who are perishing. So we see here, Paul says, I speak the truth. I don't use underhanded tactics. I don't use any method to try to trick people into the kingdom of God. He says, we preach Jesus. And how many know that's all we need to preach is Jesus? Amen. We, people need to know not how good you are at a method or trying to trick them into getting saved. You need to present Jesus, tell your story, what Christ has done in you, and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal it to their hearts that the veil can be lifted off of them and they can come into the kingdom of God. It's only Jesus. And that's the truth. We're supposed to be revealing truth to a lost and dying world. Revealing truth. Now, look what he says in verse 3. We'll read this again. He said, if the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from those people who are perishing. Now, look what he says in verse 4. Satan, who is the God, little g, is the God of this world. He, Satan is in charge of this world. But how many know he's not in charge of us? Amen. Amen. He's not in charge of us. But listen, he's the God of this world. He says, has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. He says, they are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the excellent, exact likeness of God. They don't understand that. That's the reason you're you're beating your head against the wall when you try to argue argue with somebody about theology. Or you're trying to argue against somebody that doesn't have, their minds have, their spirit hasn't been enlightened, their minds haven't been renewed. It's, you're wasting your time in a debate. But you know what? They cannot argue your personal testimony. You're telling from firsthand experience what Jesus Christ has done for you. And you know what? That God uses testimonies, I believe, more than you realize. When you just start telling your story of how God has changed your life. That's powerful. That's powerful. And they can't argue with it. I remember years ago, there was, uh, the, uh, we had a uh, group of people, two people showed up at our front door, they're Jehovah Witness, and they came up to the door, and they wanted to, they was, had their good news, or their, their uh, magazine out, wanted to tell me about their, what they believe. I said, do you, just in a second, do, do you mind if I tell you what Jesus means to me? Do you, can I just tell you what Jesus has done for me? They said, oh yeah. So I started giving my testimony how I got saved, how God changed my life. And you know, there was an older lady and a younger one, and the older lady was discipling this younger one. And I just started telling my testimony, and the younger girl says, really? Really? And all of a sudden, the older lady says, we need to go. <laughs> Honestly, we need to go. I walked them all the way out to the car telling them about Jesus. <laughs> because you know what? They can't argue with the truth. People, are, people know how to argue things. The truth is found in Christ. The truth is found in Christ and Christ only. Amen? Look at this. It's only found in Christ. Look at, the, look at verse 5. It says, you see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus is Lord. Oh, all I can do is boast in Jesus. Amen? 
I boast in who he is. I boast in who Christ is and what he's done for in my life. He says, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. Paul says, I'm out here spreading the good news for your sake, for you to be born again. How many know, church, we're supposed to be taking this gospel outside the walls of this building? You ought to be the church out in the community for, for the sake of Christ that we need to go out and give ourselves to this community. Look at this, verse 6, he says. He says this. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts. Look at this. So we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus. How many know when you hang out with Jesus, you're going to get changed? You're going to begin to reflect his glory. You're going to begin to reflect who he is and what he's about. See, church, we are to live our lives for the glory of God. For his purpose. He saved you for a purpose. And it was not just to go to heaven. He left the church here to be his hands and feet. He left the church here to be the one who would show the likeness of Christ in everything that we do. That the world could truly be able to see Jesus in us. See church. We're filled with the spirit of God. How many of you have the spirit of God dwelling in you this morning? If you're a born-again child of God, the Spirit of God lives in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the one who's supposed to, to let the glory of God reside in you and fill you and overflow you. And not just overflow you for your own personal benefit. It's for the benefit of those who are lost. See, church, look what Paul says here. He says, he, verse 7, we now have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves, like fragile clay, jar, clay jars, contain this great treasure. This great treasure. What's that great treasure, church? The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ who lives in you. This, this, this makes it clear that our great power, Paul was saying, the power that I operate in is, not, is from God and not from ourselves. There's a power, I believe, that God wants to release in your life. It's there. When you got born again, the Spirit of God came and dwelled in you. Right now, the Spirit of God is there. And God, I believe, wants to release that power to, to perform miracles, to see things happen. But for you, the church, to you walk in the anointing that God has for you. You may be a, a clay pot, but there is something powerful inside you that goes far beyond anything you could ever imagine. We need the power of the Spirit of God in our lives. See, as we look at this verse 7, we see this. It says that these treasures, this treasure that we are filled with, reveals the power of God to others. Reveals the power of God to others. Now look what he says here. He says in the, the next scripture, he says, We are pressed on every side by trouble. By trouble. But we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We are knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Ain't you glad of that? Church, because of God's presence in you, there is power to overcome anything the enemy tries to throw at you. You don't have to give in to it. You can walk in victory because of Christ and what he's done in your life. See, this word in verses 8 and 9, as we just read, we see that when the, we face persecution and hardship, we, are, we, are, we, are, we can overcome anything the enemy th tries to throw at us because of the Spirit of God who lives in us. Now, look what he says here as we jump down in verse 10. He says, through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus. 
so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. He, the church, and I'll say this again if you want, the church was undergoing persecution at this point in time. But this church were suffering for spreading the gospel. Paul had been beaten. He had been shipwrecked. He had been in prison. I mean, he was left for dead. He was doing all these things that people could see Christ in him. He didn't fade. He didn't pull back. He went forward and did what God had called him to do. He says, look at this. He says, yes, verse, this is verse 11 and 12. He says, yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus. So that the life of Jesus will be evident in our bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. Look at that. Paul said, everything I do is to point you to Jesus. Everything I went through is to point people to Jesus. Everything you and I walk through, everything in life should be us pointing people to Jesus. No matter what we're facing, no matter how the hardship comes, we're willing to make a stand and say, I want Jesus to be glorified through me. Let me read that from the Amplified just for a moment. The Amplified means I say it a little bit louder. No. It says this. It says, We always carry around in our bodies the dying of Jesus so that the resurrection life of Jesus also may be shown in our bodies, the resurrected life of Jesus. Now look at verse 11. For we who live are constantly experiencing the threat of being handed over to death for Jesus' sake so that the resurrection life of Jesus also may be evident in our mortal bodies, which is subject to death. So he says in verse 12 of the, of the Amplified, So physical death is actively at work in us, but spiritual life is actively at work in you. I'm giving up my life until I can minister to you. I'm surrendering that I can surrender and give my life to you. And you might come to know Jesus Christ. Church, that's a sacrificial life that God has called all of us to do. He's called all of us to do it. Amen? Amen. See, people, people should notice Christ, the, the Christ's life inside of us every moment of every day. Does your life always reflect Jesus? Do you, I want my life to. But you know, listen, this is not in the notes on this board, but I just want to read, going, jumping back to 2 Corinthians 3, leading up to this passage. I want you to look what Paul writes to them earlier. He says, these people wanted to, wanted to talk about letters of recommendation, but here, listen, this is so important for us. He said, the only letter of recommendation we need is you yourself. Your lives are a letter written on our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good works among you. Clearly, you are a letter for Christ, showing the results of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen or ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. You are a living epistle. You are a living gospel. Your life and my life should reflect the glory of God and that others could see Christ clearly in us. That they can look at your life and say, wow, I can recognize there's a difference. See, when you're, when you're on the job or you're your family that does not know Jesus, maybe in the grocery store, wherever you are, wherever you are, your speech, attitude, conduct, integrity, how you treat others should always reveal Jesus Christ on the inside of you. 
Back up. Speech, attitude, conduct, integrity, the way you treat others. How are we doing with that? How are we doing with that? See, even, even Peter, Peter was given away that he'd been with Jesus. Remember, Jesus was crucified. Peter's sitting around warming himself with the, with the people outside. And three times he was questioned whether he had known or was with Jesus. And then the third time, he, they asked him in verse, this is Matthew 26, 70, 70, 73 and 74. They asked, one of the guys says, we can tell that you've been with Jesus. He said, because your, even your speech gives you away. Your accent, we know that who you, you were. And that's when he, he cursed and swore that he did not know him. And then the rooster crowed. See, our lives should reflect Jesus. If I can say it, I, I want to just say it again. Our lives should reflect Jesus in every area of our lives. Amen, church? See, when God is changing, how many have been, you've accepted Jesus Christ, your life's been changed? Okay, almost everybody in this room. Can I just say this? We must speak what we believe. We must speak what we believe. But here's the deal. A lot of us clam up because we're afraid of what people might think. We clam up because we're afraid maybe our boss won't like us talking about Jesus. Can I tell you, if you lose your job, God can give you another job. How many know we live in a dark world? We need, to, we need to live out Jesus today. Are we concerned about the lost? This is all about living our lives so we can reflect Jesus to a lost world. But we got to be able to speak what we believe. Look at this, verse 13. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. I spoke. He didn't keep quiet. Look at verse 14. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. That's the reward. Amen. When we preach, when we do the truth, one day we're going to, we're going to be raised up with Christ. So it doesn't really matter. Our lives are not here. So that brings me to the next point. Fix your eyes on the end. Fix your eyes on the end. What's the end? It's the coming of Jesus Christ. Whether he comes in the clouds of glory or whether we pass and leave this life, we go into the presence of the Lord. This is not home. We think it is sometimes. But church, we, we, we are from a different world. So look, he says, he says, fix your eyes on the end. He says, all of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be a great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. Why is that? Because more people, the more people we bring into the kingdom, the more praise and worship and glory goes to him. Amen? And that's what we're called to do. Look at, look at verse 16 and 17 real quick. Or, uh, actually, just verse 16, and we'll jump down to 17 in a few moments. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Even though that you may think about your physical body, but the, the Paul was actually dying was they were being persecuted every day. They were be, they were trying to rub them out, get rid of the, the, the believers. And he said, but even though we're going through all of this every day, the spirit of God is renewing me. Every day I'm being renewed. 
in His presence. See, church, persecution, when persecution breaks out, I'm telling you, it leads to more and more people coming to Christ. Throughout biblical history, we'll look at it. Just like right now in one of the, one of the countries that we deal with, that we're rescuing people in, they've been under uh, Muslim law for many, many years, and they're finding out that doesn't work, and millions are coming to know Jesus Christ in that country. I mean, there are house churches coming up all over. The fastest growing house churches in the nation is in that, is in that nation. Because they turn to Jesus. And that brings glory to God. And I'm glad we're a part of that. I'm glad we're a part of spreading the gospel in that area of the world. But church, when persecution breaks out, we always see more people turn to the Lord. See, we are being renewed day by day, even in our bodies, even though these bodies are wasting away. The church, the church, as I said, was being persecuted. They were under heavy attacks, but they were focused on the end. They were focused on the end. How many know if you focus on the end, you, can't, you probably won't get distracted by a lot of other things? You got to run for the goal. Amen? See, we are not living for today, just today. We're not living just for today. Listen, look what Paul writes in this says. He says, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them all and will last forever. To God be the glory. Amen. He says, he said, these troubles that we're facing right now, they're nothing. How many of the troubles we're facing right now are light? They're momentary. They're not real. They're only for here for a while. You're only, hey, your breath, your life is the, the word of God says like a hand's breath. I mean, just, it's, it's here today. You're gone tomorrow. Amen. That's what the word of God says. But thank God he's erased our past and he wants us to help erase other people's lives, their past and their sin. But look at this. He says in verse 14. So we don't look at the trouble we can see. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things we cannot see. Where's your gaze going this morning? Where are you looking today? Are you looking to Jesus? Is your heart, your mind, your eyes, is it set up on Jesus? Are you looking for his return? Are you looking for him to come back one day? Are you looking for him to come and rapture the church away? Are you looking for the time when you breathe your last breath, you're ushered into the presence of God? How are you living your life? See, so we don't look at the troubles we can see. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things we cannot see. For the things we see now soon will soon be gone everything in this world one day will be consumed it'd be gone this building that we worship in one day this building won't exist anymore it'll be all be gone it's going to be burning the fire but we have a heavenly home that is an eternal home that will last forever and ever and ever and ever for the things we see are now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever, the Word of God says. See, our troubles don't compare to the glory we're going to receive. Church, when you've, if you're going through a tough time in your life, maybe you're, you're going under persecution or whatever, people are saying, speaking negatively against you, smile. It's only temporary. 
It's only temporary. Amen? If, they, if somebody rejects you because you love Jesus Christ and you're wanting to share, don't worry about it. It's temporary. Doesn't compare to what you have in eternity. I've been saved and you have been saved to be Jesus in the world. To offer Christ to everybody we come across. And that's the responsibility that God has given to the church. And if we have to, if we have to die to self, if we got to just say, God, I just give it all up to you right now. I change my gaze from being upon the world, but God, I'm fixing my eyes on you. I'm going to keep my focus on you, oh God. Because God, I'm not going to get distracted any longer. There's people that need Jesus. There's people that need to hear the good news. The veil needs to be taken from their eyes. Their sins need to be erased. And God, you want to use us to help erase the sins of a world that is in darkness. Father, you said you would build your church and the gates of hell would not stand against it. Father, that's, that means the, the church is to be pushing back the darkness, pushing back the gates of hell, pushing back the kingdom of darkness and setting people free. And Father, I just pray, God, that I, what I shared even to, through this series and t- today, God, it would encourage people today, God, to, to know that their sins have been erased. But God, you want to use them to help erase others' sins. And you want to use them to be able to share their testimony. You want to use them to be able to move within the, the presence of God, the Spirit of God that's within them, to lay hands on people to see them recover. See new eyes open. Father, see, see lives changed and transformed. God, you, didn't, you just didn't give all that information to us for just inside the four walls of a building. God, that is for us to take out these doors and to go and be Jesus to people who are hurting. So, Father, I pray, God, that we would be open to you this morning, how you want to use us. God, we want to give you the glory. We want to give you the honor. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that this message encouraged and inspired you in your journey with Christ. For more information, you can visit our website at th.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TowerHillNH. To give online, you can go to th.church/giving. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.